But let's just pray and we're just going to get stuck into the word this morning. Lord God, we bring this time where we think about you, your word and your purpose for us. And we just ask, Lord, for your spirit's guidance to come uh, upon me. And Lord, that your word, you breathe a fresh word upon us, Lord, that your fire would fall and your spirit would lead us and, and stir us to the things that you are doing on the earth. Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came, that you are the first apostle, Lord, as it says in Hebrews. You are the apostle of our faith, Lord. You were sent to us by the Father who gave us uh, you, Lord Jesus. We're just so grateful that you were sent and that you went and that you came and that you came and you revealed the Father to us and you laid down your life for us. Jesus, we are here for that reason that you laid down your life for us, you gave your life for us, and then, here's the best part that I want to celebrate today, you gave me your life, and, and you gave me your uh, forgiveness, and you gave me your eternal life, and you gave me connection with God, the Father. God, I, just, I will forever be grateful of this. This is my story, and this is my song, and I will praise God. You, my creator, my God, all the days long. Lord, we just thank you so much. This is a glorious day. Uh, Lord, we just ask that your spirit would stir us with the things that stir your heart. Amen. Uh, yeah, Heart to Heart's a great month for us to celebrate, to focus on global and local and God's heart for the, for the world we live in. I just want to start with two quick stories. Um, uh, down at Balmoral, uh, we have a story of uh, uh, a, a man uh, who met with um, uh, Joe, our, our Balmoral campus pastor, to talk about, he's a real estate agent, and he was talking to Joe about the possibility of, of doing some um, property development of one of our, of our man site down there. And he just came and he's got, you know, got ideas for you know, what real estate agents love to do is they love to get a buyer with a seller and they put it all together. And he came and met with Joe, but he got, he, he oh, where's Simo? Is Simo here today? Simo, you're a part of this story. Here's how the story begins with this fella. Uh, so Joe meets him at Balmoral, and this is what happens. Simo's there working with uh, a young fella. Wes, 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 is he here today? No, Wes is not here. Anyway, Simo uh, and Wes are working, and Joe turns up, and Simo and Wes come and give... Joe, massive big hug. And this real estate agent goes, what? And um, they're just, you know, yakking away as, as brothers who are in love with Jesus and they love one another. And this real estate agent goes, note to self, they love each other. That's, now, he didn't see that was weird. He thought that was cool. So he then starts meeting with Joe and then, at the end of the conversation about the property, Joe starts, he starts talking to him about some of the questions he has about God. He knows Joe's a pastor, it's a church. Oh, I've got some things I want to talk to you about. So he starts having a talk. They have a talk. And then Joe says, oh, how about we meet in a couple of weeks? They have more talk, more talk about property. But at the end, they start talking about God. This happens and happens and happens. And Joe then begins to start reading the Bible with him. And then the guy goes, you know, I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. Story number... Now, he then tells the story. Backstory was is that he goes back to the first day he met with Joe and he saw you, Simo, and Wes, the way you greeted. And he went, this, this is real. 
that was where the story began. And then the story of talking about property, then some talk about God and Jesus, and God is already at work in his life, so he begins to think. Second story, a young couple um, uh, start attending an entrepreneurial course at UQ where Brian Greenham, who he and his wife, are pioneering our startup church at New Farm. And Brian goes to this entrepreneurial class. It's part of a sponsorship thing that he's involved with at uni. He meets this German and Norwegian girl that are going to this thing. He gets to know them, starts talking to them. Um, but he, they find out that he's a Christian. They finds out doing this thing. And Brian says, I don't know if you'd be interested, but would you like to read the Bible with me? Because they started to talk about God with him. And sure enough, this couple are starting to go to New Farm. I've got a text message today. This is the third week in a row. And all they've done was get together with them and start to read the Gospels with them so that they're reading about Jesus and asking questions about Jesus. They're on the journey. I don't know where they're going, but they're interested in God and Jesus. They want to know. All Brian had to do was say, we've been talking about God, sort of Jesus. Would you be interested in reading the Bible with me? Thus opens a conversation. Now, what I love about... Um, the, the, the mission that God has given our church at Newha is that our mission is a summary of the Great Commission, disciples making disciples. There's a circular thing within Jesus' Great Commission that says you become, you preach, someone preaches the good news, you become a disciple, and then you preach the good news and someone else becomes a disciple. And it's this circle thing because he said go into the world and disciple people of all nations and then teach them to obey everything God commanded, which is including going to all the world or going to all nations and share them the good news. So there's this circular thing, which means that we need to keep going. And that's why there's this idea of the circle in our, new, our heart to heart and the keep going, that we're called to keep going. We're not called to stop. And how long was the Great Commission given to the church? Does anybody know? Is there a finish date on this? Is that forever? Till he returns. What, in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, do you remember what was the last thing that Jesus said? In the old version it says, or we might say, yo. <laughs> yo, I am with you and even till the end of the age, which is when he returns and the world as we know it comes to an end and history as we know it has a new start. That's how long. We do not do the Great Commission after that. It's done. You get one shot at this, guys. We all get one shot. We all get one shot. We're all disciples. But however, my, my experience is, is that um, all of us can get stuck and where we get stuck in the, in, and stop going or get stuck and we don't keep going is, is we get stuck because uh, of one of two things. We get preoccupied with life life this life just the doing of life becomes the thing so you, you you take your eye off the ball in sporting terms and you drop the ball is another sporting sporting term uh, and and so you get stuck with your eyes like this you're, you're just looking at your feet you're looking at what's happening right in front of you and you forget that actually jesus changed your life eternally he's caused you to know him he now lives inside you his message has changed you now and forever and that was for, not just for you but for everyone 
This, you're not called to get stuck, you're called to keep going. And your life is forever, so you'll keep going forever. The message inside you is to keep going out to all nations, and it's to called to keep going forever. Hey, that's a good challenge, right? So here's, here's uh, my learning objectives for today, my target, my, your takeaways. Uh, if we go to the first slide, I want you to go here knowing that you are God's sent ones and that you are called by God to keep going and going. As, as Rolf Harris used to go, British Pates, keep on keeping on sure can. All right, so it's, it's keep on going. And the second thing is I want to send you away with a simple tool. In fact, I'm going to get, um, Brad, just if you could um, just give those out now so that they've got them in their hands and they're ready. Um, I'm going to give you a simple tool to help you. If you're stuck, you'll leave here unstuck. Um, and if you're already um, going and you're already doing this, is just an extra little thing that you can use in your, your kit bag, your tool bag, to take away and start using. Uh, I used this little tool um, with a guy and, um, who actually was coming to this church. He came to, to me with his who I thought was his wife and it turned out he wasn't married and he'd been in our church for six months. He'd been telling us a bit, all about how good God was when we got to sharing time and he gets up and he comes to me and, and he says, uh, would you marry, marry us? I went, what? I thought you were married. And, um, and, I, and I, so I went, okay, I need to talk to them about where they're at with life and God and stuff like that. So I said, see me on Thursday night. We met on Thursday night and I found out he's not even a Christian. But he believes in God and God's good and he's went to a church in Alstonville and God kept talking to him there and he's been, God's been talking to him every Sunday. The sermon was right at me, he said. I said, let's read the Bible together. We started reading John chapter 1 and it took us six weeks to get to the end of John chapter 3 and by John chapter, the end of John chapter 3, he said, what do I need to do to be a Christian? I'm ready. So I then married them and life goes on. <laughs> um, so I want you to know that it's not that hard to talk about Jesus when you read the Bible with people. God will do the work. All you have to do is be faithful to say, would you like to read the Bible with me? You don't have to know everything. All right, You don't have to be an expert. What I say to people, because you know it's strange, but I don't know everything about God. Oh, yeah, really? How about that? And if I don't know, you know what I say? When, when people ask me a question, I, go, I don't know, I go, I don't know. Have you ever tried that? That's a good one, isn't it? What I do is say is, I don't know, but let's, um, let's look it up. Let's Google it. <laughs> That's always a good place to start. Or I'll ask somebody and we'll find out together. Let's work this out. So uh, I'm trying to get away from you getting stuck and I'm trying to get you unstuck and I'm trying to get those people who are going encourage you. So let's go to the, the, the first slide. This is a guy. Uh, his name is uh, William Carey. And in the late 1700s, he was about 29 years of age. He was, uh, his, his, his dad was a shoemaker and uh, he became a shoemaker and then later he became a pastor. And he was a pastor of a, would you believe, a Baptist church. Um, but he was a, uh, in a Baptist church which was called a Reformed church. So John Calvin, who was a well-known theologian of his era, had just written a book and his church had swallowed all Calvin had gone really hyper on Calvin's doctrine and this is what they believed. They believed that you were chosen by God, that you had no choice in it 
and that if you got chosen, you're in. If you didn't get chosen, you're out. So we don't have to tell people about Jesus. They either get it or they don't get it. That was what his church believed. And uh, William Carey actually read a, an essay by a guy who God used in America. His name was Jonathan Edwards. And Jonathan um, was a fire of God, fell upon a sermon that he did. And John, Jonathan Edwards was no great preacher. Apparently he was as boring and lots of people went to sleep when he preached. God's fire fell on what he preached and the fear of God and the judgment of God and people turned to God and came to Jesus. And um, William Carey got hold of one of his essays and um, it really, God, the fire that God put on Jonathan Edwards got on William Carey and he wrote this essay called a, An Inquiry. And it's got a very long name, I'm not going to go into it, An Inquiry, and it was this. The inquiry was that at that point in time, the people in his church and the people of Protestant churches believed this, that the disciples were special because they had been with Jesus and that the great commission that Jesus had given the disciples at the end of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and Acts, right? You can, there's, a, there's a great commission speech in each one of those books. That was just for them. Ah, uh, problem. What does that mean? What does the Bible and the Gospels become? History to believe, to be believed in, but not for me. Uh, maybe I could believe in some of the teachings about how you're to behave, but not what to say and not what to do. The idea of being a disciple, I'm a Christian, but I'm not a disciple because they are disciples. They split it and they got stuck. Do you know what? As a result of uh, William Carey's essay, hundreds of thousands of people went to people and places throughout the world that had never heard about Jesus. And they've been going ever since that time. God got the church unstuck and got them moving. But you know what? This is what I know. The church is continually getting stuck. Uh, there's different ways of getting stuck um, I can go, oh, I'm not a missionary and I'm not an evangelist. That's not me. That's not who I am. I can't do that. I, you know, I can't get up and preach like you, Pastor Paul. I'm not, not a pastor. And I want you to know that our heart for discipleship is a culture of discipleship where every person in this room who calls themselves a follower of Jesus is actually got a message that God, in 2 Corinthians uh, 3, 3, it says, you are letters written by God. He's, put, he's written his message on your heart and everybody has got a story that matters to somebody. And everybody can share that story of what God has done for you and everybody can ask a simple question, would you like to read the Bible with me? I'm not an expert, but how about we just read and find out about Jesus and you figure out what he means to you. I believe that every Christian can do that and everybody is part of the Great Commission. And some of us, like Sean and Anne and John and Betty and Abby and Rachel and um, the Max, get to go overseas and do that. But you know what I know about Abby? Abby learnt to be a missionary here before she went there. And you don't become a missionary when you go to Ecuador. Everybody has this one thing got the message written on my heart 
Now, would you like to read my message? God wrote it there. All right, William Carey. So hundreds of thousands of people left. The church got unstuck. But the, one of the problems of that then church was is that uh, there became this idea. Another reason they got stuck was that uh, some Christians said, my job is to pay you to go. You know, you go, be the missionary, and I'll be the one that gives you the money to go. But I don't have to make disciples. That My job in making disciples is sending you to do it. So what I want to say to you, all those things that make people stuck, we're going to kaboom. I want you to know that everybody plays their part at the most fundamental level with another human being seeing them become followers of Jesus. And God wants to give you the power, the resources to do that. All right. Um, just some biblical examples of people getting stuck. If we could go down to that list of stuckness, uh, Israel got stuck. Israel were actually told, you're the light of the world, go and tell everybody. And they went, nah, it's all for us, God's for me. All right, they got stuck. Peter, uh, after Jesus had risen again, Peter uh, and the disciples are sent to Galilee. And Jesus said, I'll meet you in Galilee. So what did Peter do? He went fishing. Why did Jesus send them to Galilee? He sent them to Galilee, I think, to remind them that that's where I called you. That's where you first followed me. That's where you made disciples. That's where you were sent to preach and to, to cast out demons. And you saw me do it, and then you did it. And that's where it all began. And I told you you would be fishers of man. Yeah, you like it. And he was reminding them. So Peter, what does Peter do? He forgets he's a fish as a man. And what has he's, he's gone to do? Fish as a fish. I'll just go back to the old thing. And Jesus is going, nah, ah, ah, ah. you're a shepherd. You go and feed the sheep. You go and look after the lambs. And Jesus reminds him. So Peter got stuck and Jesus got him unstuck. The church in Jerusalem got stuck. Jesus told them before he left on the last day, he said, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the outer ends of the earth. And nine years later, they were still in Jerusalem. Stephen gets killed. He witnesses to everybody. Stephen gets killed because he witnesses that Jesus is Messiah and God. They kill him and a great persecution breaks out against all Christians. And guess what happens? They get unstuck. They, they, Christians go to every part of the known world. And the first story we read is a story of Philip being sent to tell the good news to a guy in the, back, in the back of a chariot reading the book of Isaiah. And he's reading the Bible and the guy says, do you know? And he says to him, do you understand what you're reading? He goes, no. Nah. And so Philip gets up in the carriage and he reads the Bible with him. And he explains who Jesus is from Isaiah. How cool is that? Doesn't that sound like I just told you that we're doing? Get stuck. He got unstuck. And guess what? Philip wasn't one of Jesus' disciples. The 12 got stuck in Jerusalem. And Jesus sends a non-one of the 12s to start a revival. And then the next story is that, guess where they get sent? Uh, Philip goes next to Samaria. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. By the way, the person that Philip goes to actually lived in the outer ends of the earth because Ethiopia at that moment was the outer ends of the earth. Beyond that, into Abidjan, Ivory Coast, that was just uncharted territory. That was the, well, wow, way out. Of. And then finally, a theology stuck, got the church stuck. Gentiles have to become Jews. 
Galatians has written a letter written where the church got stuck arguing over theology that said, for you to be a Christian, you have to get circumcised, you have to celebrate all the fests and, and do all these things and you can't get into the church. The church got stuck. Jesus, and Paul is told by God, get them unstuck, get them out. They don't have to become Jews. They can be Gentiles, get their hearts circumcised before God and get it all sorted out. So they're examples of stuckness. So I want to take you to where this keep going started. And I want you to learn from it. It started in when Jesus first called his 12. Where did this idea of going, this sending, this idea come from? Because the word going and sending are connected. If I tell Corinne to go, then when I refer to her, what I've said to her, I would say that I've sent her. So if you're a sent one, you've been told to go. And Jesus didn't tell the disciples to go only just before he went to send it to, the, to, to heaven. He actually told them to go years before and he told them to do it while he was with them. And then he sent them to go. Mark chapter 3 is when he first told them that he would send them. Mark chapter 6 and then other gospels like Luke say that then they went out and got sent to do some things. We're going to read it. Mark chapter 3, this is what happened. Jesus went up a mountain. When he goes up a mountain, what does he normally do? Pray. Right. He called them to him those he wanted. I love that phrase. Do you know what? Jesus wants all of us. And what does he want all of us to be? He wants so that he can appoint you. That means you're special. Every one of you. He wants to appoint you that they might be, and I love this phrase, that they might, and this is a description of what being a disciple maker is, that you might be, what does it say? Be with him. That's what it's all about. You invite someone to read the Bible or to meet with you, have a coffee with me. Would you like to talk about God? Talk about life? Read the Bible together? That's what disciple meaning. Do stuff together. And then as you're doing stuff together, you talk about God, life, and you, you share this relationship with Jesus with them. Be with him. And there was a purpose to them being with him so that he might send them. Send them where? Out. To go. And what was it to do? So that would preach. This, this word, this Greek word is actually to, to announce good news. They were meant to be heralds. Hey, everybody, God is close. He's not far away. And his favor is wanting to be upon you. Come under his rule. Turn away from your own ways. Come into him and he will give you new life. This is the good news that they preached. And they demonstrated this great news with authority, even over demons. Sickness, death. This is all. This is, so this is before they go. In Mark 6, Jesus actually does all that after they spent some time with him. And what were they doing with him? What were they doing with him? If you're with him 24-7, what did you see? What did you hear? They were learning everything he said, everything he did, and his attitudes, his reactions, his responses, what he taught. They watched him deal with a leper person they watch him heal that he watch him say things about god and about torah and about stuff and they learnt in the daily life and he would he would just do life with them i love that so 
by after I don't know what we don't know what time period after a time of being with him he goes right I need you to go into the villages and I need you to do everything you've seen me do I want you to do it everything you heard me say I want you to teach I want you to tell people the good news that I've been teaching now guys that's our job because that when you get to the great commission is actually hit repeat and do again it's keep going when when you actually get to the great commission and you see that word go it's actually referring to a past sense of what they had already been doing do what you've already been doing and then keep going which is a future tense it's keep going you can't keep going if you haven't already been doing it guys i'm telling you our job here well if you jesus has come to be in your life your job is to keep going until he comes you keep going as john sharp said to me the other day you go across the street and across the world you like that well you could even make it across the room if you like wherever you like across anywhere just keep going god's got someone that he wants you to be with so that you might share the letter that's inside you so that they might get it make it theirs and that they might go and find their divine purpose in life you know you have a divine purpose and it, it is that you were born again for great purpose you're born into god's family to be filled with his spirit his power his message his love and to take that to the world all right so here's the tool that you're going to go away with you've got your booklet there who, who doesn't have one they're printing uh, these will be on our website and you'll be able to get that so there's some some being printed and you will get um, these booklets are available uh, the will be in our resources section of our website and it'll be a pdf you can get electronically but simply this is a way to share jesus with anybody who i would say that you've had some kind of connection with and talked about god and they've shown some kind of interest so you've got a relationship with them they've wanted to talk to you or they've been happy to talk with you about god and shown some interest and your response to them is um hey we've been talking about jesus and god and you, you seem to be interested would you like to read the bible with me and possibly read about jesus's life and you can read matthew mark luke or john now what you've got in that booklet in the back of it is the resource section where you've got um, john's gospel where you've broken it down into readings and you can read that with them you could do one thing you could say you can read it and then we'll meet and we'll choose one of those readings and read it together you can ask me all your questions when i read that with the guy and it took me six weeks to go through three chapters the problem was we it took us three weeks to get through john chapter one it said so many questions he would come and he's go i've got this question what does this mean and what does this mean and what does this mean and we never got to read anymore and that's what life is like you don't just keep reading and then just go just go on. you sort of just work with a person and just say oh yeah okay well, let's talk about that and uh, that's what he did and um, so you've got that book and there's four simple steps to, to doing a meeting with someone i always start, start by asking them uh, is there anything that you can celebrate we do the four steps of what we do in life group uh, what can you celebrate in your life now this person is not a christian they may not include god in their answer but let's just celebrate because one day they're going you're going to say has god done anything in your life that you want to celebrate and they go yeah that thing that you prayed for me the other day have you ever done that where you said to someone i'm praying for you and you say what can 
and you ask them, what can I pray for you? And they say, oh, I'll pray for this. And then the next time you see them, and they say, you know, you've been praying, haven't you? And they go, yeah, I have. What happened? And they tell you, it happened. They seem shocked, and you don't. It's awesome. So the first thing you do is celebrate something good that's happened. The second thing is you read a Bible with them and you ask them, what is, what's the thing that stands out to you and what, how can you apply that to your life? The third thing is you just say, how can I pray for you? Is there something, a breakthrough you need? Is there something? And then I like this part. And I would like you, would you, would you pray for me about this? Why do you do that to someone who's on a journey towards God? Gets the talking to God. And if they say, yeah, I'll pray for you, go, great. It's awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate you praying for me. It makes them feel like I'm not their teacher and they're my student. It makes them feel like we're on this journey together. And the last thing we do is we always go and say, if you've learned something and it's been interesting to you about God, make sure you tell somebody else that you know and invite them to read the Bible with us. That's it. There's your simple tool. Now, who reckons they could do that? If, you, if, you've got a, if there's a roadblock between you doing that, then I want you to come and talk to me and let's see if we can figure out a way to get around, you get you unblocked into doing that. Because I reckon that almost anybody here in this room can do that simple thing of talking to someone who you've been sharing the letter that Jesus has written on your heart with. How good is God about getting us unstuck? Here's what I'm, I want to finish with you. Jesus wants you. He's appointed you. And he's called you to go. He is still with you. And he wants that with you to affect other people. When you're with him, guess what other people notice? Oh, they notice that these were ordinary, unschooled people who had been with Jesus. They noticed. You know what? When you're in love with Jesus, other people know. And they know that you've been with him. And they probably want to know why. That makes a difference. And all you have to do is don't have to be religious. Just say, let's talk about God. Let's read the Bible together. It's not that hard. Let's get unstuck. Would you stand? We're going to pray for you. God, thank you that you love the world so much that you, you won't let the church stay stuck forever. God, we get so distracted by the now and this life, we just got to say to you we're sorry that we lose sight that you actually called us to be with you so that you could send us. And we're sorry that we forget just how much we've received from you and just how good it is to have that. We're sorry that we forget that others don't have that and they really need it. And just, God, I've got to say to you, I forget just how desperate you are for them to know you, just as you were desperate to know me. So God, this, week, this month is about your heart to our heart. So we just dedicate and devote ourselves to getting ourselves in a place where you could get us unstuck, where you could put your fire on our hearts like you did William Carey, 
and a generation. We pray, God, you lead us to people that those conversations where we can humbly share the message that you've written on our hearts. Lord, would you give us the power to do that? Give us opportunities to share. And may, Lord, there be a fiery wave of relationships that begin around your word that end with people becoming appointed children of God who are with you, who are being sent into all nations to make disciples. God, we thank you for your presence with us in your word today. Amen.